It is good to be here again after a number of years. But it's good to be back way back up here. <laughs> Whoa, up in the North Country. And it's good to be here. I could tell you some stories, but I won't. <laughs> about, about being here, I don't know, it might have been the first time, second time maybe. I can't remember if it's first or second. But anyway, I won't tell you about it. Who was the military man that was in Germany? Okay, what year? Or years? 75, 76, okay. I was there in the military myself, the military, back in 65. <laughs> okay, good, good to be here. I want you to turn in your Bible with me. Look with me in Acts, Acts chapter 16, Acts 16. I have a few things I want to share with you, and I, I'm, I've got a feeling it's probably too many of them, because I'll probably get through, we could just go home. But maybe this one first. Someone said, God, how long is a million years to you? Oh, about a minute. Remember that, about a minute. God, how much is a million dollars to you? Oh, about a penny. God, would you give me a penny? God answered, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I can't quit on that one. Uh, oh, this, this, is, this will be good. Uh, let me get rid of that. A minister from South Carolina. Now, first of all, sometimes we get confused on... Uh, Language. We get confused sometimes. You may be confused when I get through this morning on language, this language. But sometimes we don't understand each other. We were in New Hampshire last week. Well, this week, on Tuesday, we stayed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, last week. That's right. My wife said, last week. So, and we were with a lady from New Hampshire. She'd been out. She'd been different places, Rhode Island, for a long time. But she's from New Hampshire. And she's, from, she's of the old school. She's 74 years old. Like us, we're of the old school. And we tried to understand her, and she tried to understand us. Her brother was with us back in, oh, back in the 70s in West Virginia. We were in home missions. Her brother was with us, Jerry. Jerry passed uh, a week ago on Sunday morning, 2, 2.30 in the morning before we got up here. Uh, he passed. He's been a friend for many years. And we, we met in 1964 in the military. And so he came to, to visit with us. And my wife had never been around anyone from New Hampshire or Vermont and uh, I had not been around anyone from Vermont, but New Hampshire, yes. And uh, she'd, he would say something, and she'd say, what did he say? Uh, she would say something, he would say, what did she say? And then it, it, vice versa, on and on, you know. And I was having to interpret. Can you imagine me interpreting for them? <laughs> but anyway, a 
couple from Georgia was baptized? Where in Georgia? Okay, okay. We grew up in northwest Georgia, right out of Chattanooga on the Georgia side, yes. And so that's the way it was. And this week ago, being with Nancy, it was fun. But she would say, what? And we'd say something. She'd say something. We'd say, what'd you say? You know, it's fun. But you understand me, don't you? Ah, you do. I, I I got heads in. <laughs> so, a minister from South Carolina was speaking to foreigners using an interpreter. He said, I'm just tickled to death to be here. Can you imagine? Well, the, the interpreter scratched his head and then said, Scratch me till I die. <laughs> that's, all he knew, that's all he knew to say. Now I've got to, I'm going to I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. <laughs> Grandpappy and his wife were discussing their 50th wedding anniversary. When she said, "Shall I kill a chicken tonight?" "No," said Grandpappy. "Why well, I'm blaming old bird for something that happened 50 years ago." <laughs> so. Now, we'll get serious, okay? I hope Chapter 16 of Acts, your pastor has read from verse 6 through 10. And let me take up in verse 11. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came a straight course to Samothracia, and this next day to Neapolis. Now, excuse me. I thought I was going to leave this in my mouth. You've heard... Maybe you've heard a preacher say this, that he would, put, he would put a cough drop in his mouth, and when it melted, when it was gone, he quit preaching. Well, he, he made a mistake. He put a button in there in place of the cough drop. There's no button there. The cough drop's gone, okay? Verse 11, Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came to a straight, a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Now, they didn't have a synagogue there. They said they had, had to have so many men to have a synagogue. So the women were down by the riverside, in verse 14, and a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple, of the city of Theotara, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Now, by the way, the pastor read this morning, where the Lord opened a way for the apostle and his companions. He opened up a way for them. Uh, well, the Holy Spirit said no. And then the second time, the Holy Spirit said no. You can't go this direction. You can't go that direction. But God gave them a vision, gave Paul a vision in the night 
And he was talking about a vision that the Old Testament and, and into the, what we call the New Testament, which were, they were still under, you know, Old Testament, uh, Old Testament times. Uh, God gave them visions. I've never received a vision from the Lord like this. I'm not looking for visions. I, I'm not looking for visions at all. I hope you're not. I hope you'll get your direction from the Bible, the Word of God. And I believe you will. I don't believe you're looking for visions. But God gave Paul a vision in the night and said, Come over, there was a man standing, come over into Macedonia and help us. And so that's what we're doing in our ministry. We are helping the churches, we're helping missionaries. And the Lord still uses helpers today. And I'm thankful to be a helper. I hope I can be. And so we see that the Lord opened up a way for the apostle and his companions. Now we get to where uh, Paul and his companions went down to the riverside. God opened up the heart of this lady, Lydia. You see, the Lord opens the heart. We can't do it. Now, I'd like to share just a little bit uh, this morning uh, about salvation. I would hate to go through a message without sharing sal- salvation. I would like to share salvation just for a moment. Now, you'll read it sometimes. Maybe this afternoon you can sit down and read through the book of John, not the whole book, but maybe start in chapter 3, go to chapter 7, and then maybe go to chapter 19. Why do I say that? Well, in chapter 3, there was a man by the name of Nicodemus. The Lord Jesus talked with Nicodemus. In fact, Nicodemus came to the Lord. He came by night. And we see in those verses that Nicodemus was confused. Have you, are you confused about salvation? I, I hear people say sometimes, I don't understand this way of this being born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I think three times in chapter 3, ye must be born again. I said to a man just the other day, I said, you know, uh, the Bible teaches about being born again. He had had a heart attack, and he had fallen flat on the ground, and they rescued him, took him to the hospital. They, they, uh, they, he thought, he thought, they thought he was dead. But they revived him, and he's still living today. And when I spoke about the new birth to him, he, he thought about when he went through that experience. Now, I don't know what kind of experience he had, but I don't believe it was the new birth. But he, he seems to think that's when he was born again. And yet we know better than that, that a person, because they've been delivered from death, doesn't mean that they're always going to be delivered from death and one day they shall die and one day they shall go either to heaven or to hell if they're not born again. And so the new birth, Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit of God. You must be born of the Word of God. You must come to Christ. Trust Him as your Savior. Now if you get to chapter 7, of the book of John, we'll see that Nicodemus was not confused any longer, but he was under conviction. He was in the night of confusion, but in chapter 7, he was in the dawn of conviction. You know why I say that? He stood up for the Lord Jesus. 
Oh, the rest of them were putting the Lord Jesus down, and the rest of them were, were putting anyone down that would claim that the Lord Jesus was the way of salvation or he was sent from God. Nicodemus stood up for him. So I see conviction. You get to chapter 19 of John. The Bible shows Nicodemus coming out in the open, and we see him in the daylight of confession. He confessed the Lord as his Savior, and he showed it in his life. Now, let me try to illustrate this with a little story. The tongue can, can pollute others. Foul speech not only hurts the speaker, but it contaminate, contaminates those who hear the words. The city of Houston, Texas got its name from General Sam Houston. In his younger years, that imported Texan from Tennessee lived a wicked or a wild, rugged life. His wife constantly prayed for his conversion. She knew about his profanity and his dirty stories. Sam Houston made a trip to Washington, D.C. As he left home, his wife pleaded, Promise me that you'll go to church when you're in Washington. Well, Sam Houston promised heard that he would go to church when he was in Washington. And one day, well, let me, let me go back. Sam Houston started attending a Baptist church through the influence of his wife. Some months later, he had a great conversion experience. One day, as Sam Houston rode his horse in company with a fellow Christian, the horse stumbled and Houston almost fell out of the saddle. He spewed out a stream of profanity, and a friend said, Sam, I thought you had been converted. Sam Houston got down from his horse, apologized to God, to the horse, and to his friend. Now, he never cursed again. Maybe all of us need to confess the sin of our tongue and help make the world around us a better one. See, God loves us just the way we are. Loves every one of us. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. He won't leave us like we are. When one gets converted, there's a change that takes place. Nicodemus knew the change. Sam Houston knew the the change. Have you known the change? Has your life been changed by God's grace? That's an important question. Very important. And so we see the Apostle Paul here. Uh, the lady's heart was opened, an open way for him, but we'd also see an opened heart that the Lord opened. And then we see that her heart was open to the Lord. She was saved, born again. She invited those men into her home, and she was thankful. You know, and we get down just a few verses more in verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, what she was saying wasn't necessarily bad, was it? But oh my. She was saying it under the influence of a bad spirit, an evil spirit. And Paul, the Bible says in verse 18, And this she did many days, but Paul being grieved and turned and said unto the spirit, 
not to the, not to the woman, but to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. The evil spirit came out the same hour through God's power. And when our masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they called Paul and, Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace. Well, they ended up in jail. They ended up in jail, in stocks. And there they were. Now, if you serve the Lord, are you going to, are you going to have problems like this? Well, Paul and him had just seen uh, a touch of revival. This lady came to the Lord. She was saved. She was happy to be saved. And so Paul sort of, he saw a great ministry beginning here. And then, whoa, it stopped. Why? Just as the pastor said, when you see the Lord blessing in a great way, look out. Be warned. Then after that can come difficulty. Now, what about difficulty? You see, all noble things are difficult. The Christian life is gloriously difficult. But the difficulty of it does not make us faint and cave in and these are, these are favorite words of Oswald Chambers. He uses the word cave in. It doesn't make us cave in, but to rouse up and overcome in our Christian life. No matter the difficulty you're going through now, stay with the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. Why? There's going to be blessings to come. Oh, see, the Lord always blesses when we're in difficulty and we're in weakness. The Lord always blesses. Oh, I was nervous this morning about coming up here. I was very nervous. And when I got up here, I was more nervous. <laughs> I looked out and saw you. You checking me out. But you know, I was, che- I was checking you out too. So, but I, I'm thankful that the Lord always gives Liberty, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, the Bible says. And you and I in our Christian life, we can have liberty. Well, Paul and Silas had such liberty. Now, now, notice, you read the verses. I didn't read them. But they were beaten with many stripes. They were suffering physically. I've never been beaten that way, have you? I hope I'll never be beaten that way. But I mean, they were beaten until they were bleeding and they were put in stocks. They were put in jail. And, and the jailer put them way back in there so they would not escape. Couldn't, no possibility for them to escape. Do you notice what they were doing in verse 25? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. That's a good thing to do. When you've got, you've got difficulty, pray. That's the best time to pray. 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 Don't forget to Pray. And then they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the sight? I mean, those prisoners, I don't know how many were in there, it doesn't say, but there were prisoners in there, and when the foundations of that prison were shaken, has your foundation been shaken? The Lord shook my foundation back in 1968. My wife and I had been married a couple of years. My wife was a believer. Now, this matter of being a believer, uh, have you come to Christ and have you trusted Christ savingly? Have you believed savingly? Come into Christ and He saved your soul. My wife was saved. 
I wasn't. Oh, my. And I went for a couple of years there. I was stubborn. I wasn't going to go to church. I, had, I, I grew up in church till I was about 15 or well, 13 years old. I, I didn't want anything else to do with the church. And it wasn't that it was a bad place. My mom was a Christian. My mom was a true believer, loved the Lord. She'd read her Bible at night, getting ready for a Sunday school uh, lesson Sunday. And I knew what it was to go to church. I knew what it was to hear the gospel. I don't know if I ever... You know, when you come to Christ, when you first come to the Lord, you wonder if you ever heard a clear presentation of the gospel because you, you wonder why, why did not you come to Christ? My wife's dad, we called him granddad. granddad. He, was, he was 81 years old when he came to Christ. He was a Baptist preacher for many years, but not saved. We prayed for him for 17 years. And uh, my wife's dad, uh, being a Baptist deacon, just did not know the Lord. Wasn't saved. Went through the motions. Went to church. Went to church faithfully. Read, read scripture from the, uh, from the Bible on Sunday morning. Sunday mornings, he'd read certain scripture, maybe the same ones, every Sunday morning. Then they'd go, he'd go to church, take his family to church. But he wasn't saved. Didn't know the Lord. He came to live with us for a little while because of his health. My wife helped him and nursed him back to health. And uh, He was 81 years old, and he came to the Lord. He trusted Christ as his Savior. I'm sure he wondered, well, he, he asked his, his daughter, my wife, he said, why didn't I get saved before now? Why didn't I come to the Lord? She said, Dad, you had ears to hear, but you didn't hear. You just didn't hear. And that's true of many in our churches today that they have ears to hear. They hear what the message, they hear the, they hear the pastor, they hear what's being said, but they don't hear. They don't hear from the heart. And that's, that was his problem. And that was my problem. 11-year-old boy, I went forward in a service. No one prayed with me. No one took the Bible. And I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be a Christian. But wanting to be a Christian doesn't make a Christian. One must be born again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I haven't even got that far yet. But the Bible tells us here, it looks, down, it looks like down in verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awaking out of sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Now his life was, he felt his life was gone anyway because he would die for that. If his prisoners are gone, he's going to die. And he said, I'll just do it myself, then to face the shame of the others. And Paul said to him in verse 28, And Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we're all here. And then he called for a light and sprang in, came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Can you imagine? The doors were open. The prisoners were still there. All of them. They froze. God said, You're not going anywhere. And they didn't go anywhere. When God, when God does something, He does it. When he says he'll do something, he'll do it. And we can believe him because it's the word of God. It's pure. It's holy. The holy word of God. And so God 
God performed the miracle and said, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I have something here. You will not come. John R. Rice was the founder of the Sword of the Lord, 46 years editor. And he used the verse, John 540, Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. The fact that sinners do not come to Jesus is sad, he said. But far worse is the sad fact taught in the Savior's words in John 540. The tragedy is not the people do not come, not that they cannot come, not that they do not know how to come, is that they will not come. It's in the will. They will get saved or they will not get saved. They will come to the Savior or they will not come to the Savior. It's in our will. It's what he's saying here. A wealth of sadness is in these words. You will not come to me that you might have life. What is it that stands between a sinner and salvation? Between the sinner and peace? Forgiveness, a new heart, everlasting life, and heaven itself. Simply his own will, his own stubborn will. Someone has said the one thing you own is your will. Some dictator might be able to make you do what you do not want to do. By torture, you might be compelled to tell secrets you never intended to repeat or to betray friends and loved ones whom you vowed to protect forever. People might seize your property and take away your liberty. They might put your eyes out or amputate your limbs or take away life itself. But no human power, no government can control your will. You still want what you want. Isn't that right? Persecution might make you betray your country, but it cannot make you hate your country. Circumstances might make you eat black bread and cabbage soup, but they cannot make you quit preferring sirloin steak and strawberry, strawberry shortcake. That realm of the soul where a man can say yes or no, I love or I hate, I will or I will not, that is the last fortress, fortress of a man's soul. And with all reverence of my soul, I say that holy God will not batter down the door of the will and save a man who does not want to be saved. God will not do that. And, you know, when we look back on this woman, Lydia, the Bible says the Lord opened her heart. And the Bible says in John six thirty seven. All that the Father giveth me, Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. He won't. If you'll just come to him, he will not cast you out. That's the great verse that helped me after I was saved. I was 24 years old, 1968. Went home that Sunday after receiving the Lord as my Savior. Went home that Sunday having some doubts. Having some doubts. Went back to church that night. My wife said, that afternoon, are we going back tonight? I said, I don't know. I wasn't used to going to church. She said, LeBron, we need to. I said, okay. Okay. I was willing to go. I was willing to take her word. You know, we needed it. And I went back that night and the pastor opened the Bible and began to preach from the Bible. And I, I had a Bible loaned to me. Um, my wife gave me a Bible, and 
and uh, I was trying to find the verses. She was finding them for me. And the preacher was preaching, bringing a good message. And I got just a little bit more that night that I needed to grow in the Lord. Never again did my wife ask me, are we going back to church? No, never again. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, on and on to this day. She never had to ask that. Why? You see, I received the Lord. And the Word of God gave me such assurance. The Word of God loved me so much. The Lord loved me through the Word of God. And, and I knew I was saved. I was born again. I was His child. And I just kept going and trying to grow in the Lord. And I hope I've grown a little bit. I have much more. You say, well, you're up in years. and you got you, Yes, sir. I have much more growth to go. I mean, I don't know how much longer. may not be much longer. But I need to grow in the Lord. I need to be forgiving. I need not to be stubborn. I'm a stubborn person. Are you? I, no, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but I am. I'm a stubborn person. My wife can tell you. Don't ask her, but she can tell you if you asked her. <laughs> okay. But the Lord's helping me. The Lord's working in my life, and He will work in my life till He takes me home. He will work in all of our lives. You know, He loves us. And he loves us too much to let us just go on and just do as we please. No, no, no. He wants us to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And so uh, we can, uh, let me share this. I think it's important. The rescue. A Chinese scholar who converted to Christ took this, told this parable. A man fell into a dark, dirty pit. And he tried to climb out, but he couldn't. Confucius came along. He saw the man in the pit and said, Poor fellow, if you had listened to me, he never, if he had listened to me, he never would have fallen in. And he left. Buddha came along and saw the man in the pit and said, Poor fellow, if he can climb up here, I'll help him. <laughs> oh, but listen. He too left. Then Christ came and said, poor fellow. And he jumped down into the pit and he helped me out. You know, that's what he did. Christ became a man like you and I. He became a a human being like you and I, but he was God. And he walked in through this, this sinful world that then was. He walked, he did good things, great things. He went up a hill called Calvary and he died upon a cross and he stretched his hands out to be crucified and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. That's what he was saying. They don't know what they're doing. I didn't know what I was doing 24 years. I didn't know. But when I realized what I was doing, I said, Lord, save me. A sinner lost in my sin, save me. And Christ came in and said, poor fellow, and he jumped in the pit and helped him out. God rescued the psalmist from the pit, and he gave him a new song to sing, which we can sing if we've experienced God's deliverance from trouble. He took me out of a miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved you and I. 
and forgiven us, redeemed us, and we're on our way to heaven now. We're going to experience heaven because the Lord Jesus came down. We're going to experience going up and be with him one day. It could be today. We don't know. The Lord could come today. As we sung about a little while ago, he could come today. If he doesn't, we go on our way, serving him, loving him, and praising him in our life. And there's a way. And there was an inscription on a gravestone in an old British cemetery, not far from Windsor Castle. It reads, pause, my friend, as you walk by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare, my friend, to follow me. But a visitor read that and added some lines. To follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. Oh, yeah, that's important, isn't it? And you and I that are saved, we should be so, so thankful. And you know what? We should give the Lord's praise. We should praise Him for it. And never think that we've done anything to acquire it or deserved it. We don't. But He loved us. He loved us like we were. I came uh, in an imitation just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. They sang five stanzas of it before I came. I was saved before I reached the front. I was saved halfway down. I said, Lord, save me. From the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And when the mouth confession is made unto salvation, I believe from the heart. A man knelt beside of me in a revival meeting after I was saved, having some doubts, and said to me, LeBron, did you really believe on Christ? I believe I did, I said to him. I've never gone back for that since. I believe I did. Why? I believe from the heart. Have you? I hope you have. Bless you. The Lord bless you. And his will be done in each of your lives. And pastor's going to come after I have a word of prayer.